Thank you. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, the only podcast on the internet going through every John Hyatt song from A to Z. I am one of your hosts, Sylvan Groff, and I am taking the reins to begin for just a little bit of a PSA before my friend Jesse joins us. Today, we are talking about Crossing Muddy Waters, which deals with a very sensitive topic, that of suicide. So I wanted to give our listeners a warning if you're a little bit sensitive about that, a word of caution, or maybe you want to skip this one. But whether you or someone that you someday encounter are struggling with mental illness, I want to make sure that there are resources available. One of the most important is 988, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, that is available 24 hours a day, call or text. You can also text TALK to 741-741. Also, the National Association for Mental Illness is available at 800-950-6264. And just know that you're never alone. Just we are never alone because we always have friends, whether they be here in our living room or across the country available a call away. And Jesse, I'm so glad that I have you as a friend. And we're here to talk about the beautiful song, Crossing Muddy Waters. Yes, we are. And I am thrilled to be with you. And I am blessed that I have you in my life as well. One of the, there is so much ugliness in the world with social media and the internet. But I always like to bring up that because of the work I've done on Set Lusting Bruce, I have bonded with so many wonderful people around the world. And in this specific podcast, we have developed a nice little online community of people that are very loving, very supportive of our endeavors. Yes, you to there, someone is there for you and you are important to more people than you can imagine. And there is a that there is a hole that will be in someone's life if you decide to make a change in that very permanent way. So I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you're due. I will be a sunshine and make the <laughs> argument that no, she just dumped them and she's <laughs> off with some guy named Steve. But yes, we are ready to talk a beautiful song. Absolutely. So shall we do just the facts before yes, we get into the lyrics? Yes, let us do yes. So Crossing Muddy Waters was track number two and the title track for the album that was released September 26, 2000. It charted number 110 in the U.S. on the as an album and 18 on the U.S. indie charts. It was the first album released for Vanguard. It was one of two on that label and actually recorded after the other one that was released by Vanguard. It was recorded at Hound's Ear Studio in Franklin, Tennessee, where John then lived at the time, from April 23rd to the 26th of April, 2000. So pretty close turnaround time. It was John's officially first acoustic album, No Drums. It was cut as a three-piece with John Hyatt on vocals and guitar, Davey Farrer on bass, and Dave Immergluck on mandolin and all those other things that he played and 
gave a taste of his musical style for. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves with covers, but remember Dave Immergluck for later. It was also the album nominated for a Grammy for Contemporary Folk Album of the Year. And from there, I can say that there are bounty of covers, which I so enjoyed listening to. We set up a YouTube playlist for anyone who wants to go and look at that. Remember to find us and explore some of these resources that we reference. But before we get too much into all the covers and so forth, I think that pretty much covers just the facts of the song. Did you have anything I think I missed, Jesse? No, I I absolutely adored the song. I can't wait to talk about it. I'm now curious who was he up against in the Grammys because I know Ooh, um, I don't know if never, I have that in front of me. I don't know. Uh, he is. I know he's lost to Emmylou Harris more than once. It's funny because I believe there are multiple times that he has lost to someone who has covered him, although not uh, lost to his own song, which I think would be even more ironic. But yeah, absolutely. What year is this? The year the album came out was 2000. So it would have been the 2001 Grammys. I am pulling it out. It, Amy Lou Harris, Red Duke, Red Dirt Girl. Okay. Also, yep. Really, really Bag Wilco for Mermaid Avenue, Volume 2. Johnny Cash for American 3, Solitary Man. Steve Earle for Transcendental Blues. And John Hyatt, Crossing Muddy Waters. Yep. Good company and a lot of people who have tipped their hat to John in more than one way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, next week we will be talking about Steve Earle. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. We're going to break this song down lyric by lyric, and we will be back in just a moment. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. 
we're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. We're back. All right, Sylvan, you are doing such a great job driving. Go for it. All right. Before we dive into lyrics, I do want to talk a little bit more about the cover versions. And I know that you had something to add, Jesse, because one of the covers we found was a band called I'm With Her. And I was not familiar with them, but I was very impressed to know that they recorded this song while at the Kennedy Center. So some high prestige for this little song that was recorded without a record label behind them and so forth. I mentioned that we would circle back to Dave Immergluck. He recorded this song with Adam Duritz of Canning Crows as a band called The Devil and Bunny Show. And that showed up on a great compilation called the I-10 Chronicles. If you can dig that out, you won't be disappointed. That's not even the strongest song on there. There was also lots of great amateur versions, including our beloved Jake Thistle, I believe has recorded two different versions of Crossing Muddy Waters that are available on YouTube. But I was very impressed that it's another one that we hear a wide variety of ages, male and female. We also see some with banjo and fiddle really leaning into the bluegrass version, some with just a piano, some with just a guitar. And I really loved hearing all the different versions, which I think can give you a different version of the story that are in the words. So I wanted to say that before we got into the words, but. Yeah, I love this song musically. It really, as many times songs go, where the melody and the song is a contrast to some Mm. of the lyrics. And so there is that. Yeah, what I want to talk about is I'm With Her is one of the covers we had. They are an American band consisting of singer-songwriters Sarah Watkins, Sarah Joseph, I guess is how you'd say it, J-O-R-O-S-S-F. I very subtly allowed you to come up with the names because I wasn't sure how to pronounce that one. And then I have no idea, Miss O'Donovan, it is A-O- I-F-E, keyboards and guitar. The reason I brought this up is Aofi O'Donovan actually did a live performance of Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska, Take a Drink, Mm -hmm. and and she actually toured a while playing Nebraska. I sent Sylvan the link to the YouTube video, and it is just wonderful. She just sits there with a guitar and does Nebraska from beginning to end, and it is amazing to hear those songs with her voice. And it reminded me a little bit of the High Women, which mm-hmm. is the super group that came out in 2019 with Brandy Carlisle, Natalie Hembley, Maren Morris, and Amanda Shires, which was all individual musicians, singer-songwriters that decided to get together for fun, which 
a little bit reminds me a little village, right? Yes. I was thinking the same. Yep. Yeah. So it came through. So I absolutely will be checking out more. I'm with her. They genre Americana, bluegrass, folk, gospel. They have some beautiful harmony. And in the couple of episodes, the couple of YouTube clips we've seen just seems to be they all are amazing, uh, not only vocalists, but instrumental. They just are, they are picking and grinning, as we say, back in the mm-hmm. old days. So that was a, a really, I think that was a treat. And I won't say I liked it more than John's version, but it certainly is up there with a beautiful version of that. What were your thoughts on that? I, I absolutely loved it. And I will say that despite I think the playlist ended up being 12 songs there isn't a bad song and it would or bad or lacking in any way cover I would actually be hard pressed to say which is the best even to say there are several different versions that John has recorded or people have put up from various concerts this song does continue to be on the playlist quite a bit and I have seen it I think with pretty much every band since the Nashville Queens, I have seen John just perform it with an acoustic guitar. I I was really struck as I was listening to the, these different versions with banjo and fiddle and really like wild arrangements that go all over the place musically that it, it works both ways that I've never felt that it was overdone and at the same time, you can strip all that away to the bare bones and the song is still very impactful. It was. And I I loved all the different versions. Like I said, I hope I spent the day listening to these covers on repeat and they each of them really intricate, some of them very intricate instrumentation using a violin, using a banjo, using a guitar. It sounded like there's some 12 string guitars in there and some acoustical, some electric. Really thought like Child of the Wild Be Younger, Yonder, I think is just unscientifically, I think the one we had the most covers on so far. So but far. I think th- but this blows it away as far as I can tell. Yeah. And I stopped digging after a while, mostly because I was a little bit behind in my homework and I didn't have as much time. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm never going to be able to listen to all these if I keep on adding more songs. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. And I, once again, neither Jesse or I are musicians who play instruments, but I wondered if it just works musically as the nice song to learn to play or that when you are just getting going on a string instrument, which is what we mostly saw. If there's something about this song that really lets you show off a little bit and use those three chords really effectively. I also wanted to mention that I tried to figure out exactly when I saw it, but I am almost certain that I heard this song several years before it was released. And when I was at, I believe, the Newport Folk Festival with my mom. And when we first heard it, we made eye contact with each other. Oh my gosh, is he okay? And we had this real kind of concern, but at the same time, we're also like crying by, we were so moved by these lyrics. And 
when we heard that he was coming up with an album by that name, we were like, oh, great. We thought that was just something that was a little bit too raw that he wasn't ever going to actually put down and release. So I had a little bit of an experience of waiting with bated breath for this song to come around. And there's a few still out there that I have heard in concert that haven't actually been recorded. I have been told to be patient because he'll get around to most, if not all of them. But I just wanted to share that if anyone else has that memory. Wasn't the song kicking around for a while? I'm pretty sure I heard it around 1995. And then this album, as I said, was released in 2000. So... Yeah, I am. It appears he loves playing it Mm -hmm. and I can understand why. And we're going to break down the lyrics. But I do think it it is if you take away the lyrics and just do this as an instrumental, it is a very catchy tune. Mm -hmm. It is very easy to hum along with and to tap your feet. So, yeah, I could see why this would be something that would enjoy. The other thing I wanted to mention, you mentioned our buddy Jake. One of them, he looks like 12. Yes. He looks so young. And it was only like five or six years ago when he put it up. But I don't know when he actually recorded it. But he looks so young in that video. Yeah. yeah yes. Pardon us for feeling a little parental for you, Jake. Yeah. But yeah he's gone from I think a middle schooler or early high schooler to I think he might even be finishing college now yeah it's a big change in those five years yeah that's great all right you want to break us down the lyrics sure first verse baby's gone and I don't know why she headed out this morning like a rusty shot in a hollow sky she left me without warning so you were mentioning, Jesse, that this could just be a breakup song or my baby's gone away kind of song. I've always been struck by that rusty shot in a hollow sky. I don't know what it means, but I definitely know how it makes me feel. Is it like talking about the history of an old barrel gun or how can a sky be hollow as opposed to what being full of clouds or I'm not sure. Do you have any thoughts about those metaphors? No. The first thing I think of because I'm a nerd is the famous Star Trek episode, the world is hollow and I've touched the sky. Yeah. The, this hollow sky gives the echo of another way of empty sky, a bleak sky hollow as it it contains nothing it doesn't contain a beautiful sunset or a sunrise Mm -hmm. fluffy clouds or even thunderstorms Mm -hmm. just bleakness Mm -hmm. and in the and you're right the rusty shot in a hollow sky it does give you the imagery of something not good that this is not only it's unexpected and in bleakness and I do love that the phrasing, my baby's gone and I don't know why. He mm-hmm. left me out this morning. His phrasing in this is really beautiful. The cadence in the song really puts out this matter of fact. Yeah, get, you immediately are captured by this. Oh, wait, what's what story is he telling on this? Yeah. Did you want to take the next verse? 
No, because I'm going to get the lyrics wrong. So go for oh, it. Okay. <laughs> you really put me in the driver's seat this yeah. time. Okay. Sooner than the dogs could bark, faster than the sun rose. Down to the banks in an old mule cart, she took a flat boat across the shallows. To me, this evokes all sorts of like Greek mythology of the river Styx. And of course, mules weren't really talked about in Greek mythology, but it, to me, talks a lot about the South and it places a, a certain setting. I, I think later we get more of a particular time, which wouldn't have been the late 80s. And for that matter, none of this reminds me of California. And another reminder, we will get to adios to California, but I needed a few under my belt before I could even talk about this subject matter. Yeah. For crossing muddy waters, let alone that song. And I he uses dogs a lot in the songs, for example, Dust Down a Country Road. I just to me, it is a supernatural imagery that he's playing with. Like the spirit has risen before the sun and sped off in a superhuman way, faster or sooner than the dogs could bark, faster than the sun rose. And um, meanwhile, there's still that imagery of here we are in earth in the mud and the dirt, and we're dealing with work with the idea of a mule and taking a flat boat that you can't picture a flat boat without being aware that it requires energy to move. It's not like a little sail or something like that. It requires effort to get past yeah, as I shared before we hit record, I was alib- I was oblivious that this was possibly about suicide. So I've been listening to this with a different ear and a different mindset. Because, you know, I was thinking sooner than the dogs could bark and faster than the sun rose. For those of you who have dogs, you the doorbell rings. What <laughs> happens? The gar- the People show up to cut the grass. There is craziness. And we always joke about, you just don't understand. They're dangerous. You, I've got, Let me out. So I pictured that she's leaving, you know, before the sun rose. And so sooner than even the dogs could bark. They, she left so early, mm-hmm. so quietly that they didn't even wake the sleeping dogs. Mm-hmm. However, once you give this... And it is similar, like once you know that the FedEx logo has an arrow in it, you can't not see that. A flat boat across the shallow absolutely talks about the river to the afterlife in both Greek and Roman mythology, right? You'd have to pay, you'd have to pay the boatman, and that's where the the tradition of coins on your eyes, and they take you to the underworld. So once you get that, you absolutely can see that she took a flat boat across the shallow. And that is a journey that she has gone permanently. And we, the chorus left me in my tears to drown. She left a baby daughter. Now the water's wide and deep and brown. She's crossing muddy waters. That is a beautiful chorus. And the water's wide and deep and brown is just a wonderful phrase because you see it that the waters 
wide. It's deep and it's not beautiful, Sylvan. <laughs> Isn't a beautiful stream or a rolling majestic river. This is just ugly. <laughs> and it is, and I love that left me in my tears to drown. What am I going to do? I just, once again, I'm going to be all, I'm going to be all nerdy. When I was like 10 or 11, I got my first, um, I got a copy of Tarzan of the Apes from Edgar Rice Burroughs. And there is a scene where Lord Greystoke's wife, Alice, dies. And the chapter ends with him in this cabin he had built for them with Tarzan at the time is a baby screaming because he's hungry and the mother's dead. And they mm-hmm. talk about Lord Greatstoke is just sitting there, just dissolute, has no idea, despaired. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And then right afterwards, apes come and kill him and Tarzan grows up to be the king of the apes, but that's okay. But <laughs> that, that, that scene though, right? Mm-hmm. My tears to drown, left a baby daughter. Where do I go? Where do I move next? Yeah. And that sense of that, of, Despair is very much in this against the joy of the beautiful instruments. I'm really struck by the poetry of it, that he is talking about drowning in tears, yet she has crossed muddy waters. You can imagine the difference of volume there, that just the water from my eyes is making it impossible for me to breathe, to move, to carry on with anything. And yet there has been this great movement across something much wider and wide and deep and brown that really also brings home that idea of the separation between the two, that I can be overcome by this small bit of water and that large body of water has just completely taken you away. And yeah, just, I was struck when we were listening to the different versions of either a male or a female singer saying he or she has left me or left a baby daughter. Either way, the loss and the helplessness of that feeling that you need your partner in life. You need the person who helped make this creature to love them and bring them into the world as a partner. And to all of a sudden go from a team of two to a team of one. I'm not a parent. I won't even fathom to imagine any of the things that one goes through as they bring a baby into the world. But to imagine at such that fragile time in everyone's life and journey and growth to all of a sudden have the balance and the workload shifted so completely. Like it's drowning. It's a feeling that you couldn't possibly breathe with that kind of responsibility. Yeah. And they're also, you don't have a choice. You have to go forward. And I, this feeling of, when he goes in the next thing, he talks about remembering the good times they had, but then going right back to she left me in my tears to drown is we get a full tale in the song. Absolutely. Do you want me to read the next verse? Please. 
Tobacco standing in the fields, be rotten come November, and a bitter heart will not reveal a spring that love remembers. Again, th this is John's poetry, I think, at his best. To me, he's evoking the place of the South with tobacco fields and the crops rotting without someone to harvest. There's another song that appeared on bootlegs around the same time of I'm going to smoke that cigarette because I am not over you yet. So I'm not sure if that is an idea of tobacco being something to enjoy and recreation that is now unavailable. It's hard for me to think of tobacco that way because I've lost someone I love to lung cancer and was never a smoker myself. But then he goes on, a bitter heart will not reveal a spring that love remembers. It's talking about maybe it, he chose the tobacco in the fields because it's a waste and it's also something ugly that there's effort that went into growing that crops, which maybe shouldn't have been grown in the first place. And here it is just withering away without anything to show for that effort. And when one is hurting, it's really hard to evoke those positive memories or even to imagine a hopeful spring, a coming again of light and warmth that is what love is for a lot of us that brings us comfort. But when you're in pain, I think sometimes we do have a bitter heart and we choose not to let that love and warmth in. You have any thoughts on that? Yes. Well, I could just be all, I could just be nerdy so much today. There is, I will do this last one, then I'm going to move on. I don't know if anyone watches Superman and Lois on CW, but the premise is that Superman and Lois are married and they have two teenage sons. And one of them has powers, one of them doesn't. And Jordan is the one that has powers. And he's had this girlfriend, Sarah, that he adored. And she's dumped him. And mm -hmm. he has been moping and moping and moping and moping. And finally, Clark says, are you really hurting that much? <laughs> are and you enjoying the pain or are you yeah, actually yeah, hurting? Yeah. yeah. And, and he and Jordan really not that much anymore. And I think. And I was just on a podcast talking about this, but I said, I think at times and I think all of us know someone that a incident becomes their life mm -hmm. like they they are stuck in because of something negative and they don't get past it and it consumes them. And and I think to a certain degree, I absolutely you have to go through that stage. And so our singer here is saying, I acknowledge that there was happiness before. And the next verse, he's going to talk about that, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're hurting, when you're upset, when you're figuring out what do you do next, it's hard to remember that spring that love remembers, right? Mm -hmm. the, you Once again, tobacco standing in the fields, be rotten come November. That's the fall. Mm -hmm. Is the things are dying. You're getting ready for winter. Spring is when things reborn. We have birth. We have going. And so he can't remember the spring because he's stuck in the no soon to be winter, the November. I also think tobacco works as syllables. 
Mm-hmm. It's all right. I just I was reading a biography and they were like, sometimes why'd you change the songs? And it was like, okay, I explained to you the syllables have to work. So it's got to be a lyric. But it is, it does give this wonderful imagery of the South. It is a crop that this is a complicated subject that there are tobacco farmers that will lose their existence if they have built their lives on growing tobacco. And if we change that, then what are you going to do that? And I've heard a lot about a lot of the subsidies going towards stopping tobacco abuse. Part of it should be going to two farmers who do tobacco to get them to do another crop. End of political discussion. But it's just, once again, we're John is get, painting a picture that is so clear. Yeah. I love the fact that you mentioned, because we didn't write that sweet brown girl of mine, her black eyes are ravens. We broke the bread and drank the wine from a jug that she's been saving. The imagery of this is not a blonde-eyed, blue, blonde, blonde hair, blue-eyed, right? (laughs) This is someone that has either Italian, who knows, African-American, Canadian-American, yes. In fact, I remember... One of my good friends that grew up in Louisiana said that the American girls dolls, they always wanted the ethnic ones because it looked more like they, they were Cajun. Mm-hmm. This looks more than like us than these others. So I love that imagery. Yeah. And the Raven evokes all sorts of things like even Edgar Allan Poe and, you yeah. know, the longing for Lenore and. Yeah. Yeah. And go, I am reading a biography on the Eagles, right? And mm-hmm. go, your skin so tan, peaceful, easy feeling, right? So it, it, I love this imagery. And I think most of us, uh, even for someone who's a non-drinker like me, we have saved special bottles of wine or bourbon or something special that this is something we're saving for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. This is not your everyday wine. This isn't your everyday whatever. This is something special. And mm-hmm. I love that she'd been saving this. And then you wonder, this is a very bittersweet memory for him now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And as we are going through it, I had never really noticed just how much brown he was building into this entire song and maybe that is the answer as well as the syllables for tobacco that like what's a brown earthy kind of crop even when it's in full bloom yeah absolutely yeah should i go on to let's go yes yeah we have another chorus and then baby's crying and the daylight's gone that big oak tree is groaning in a rush of wind and a river song I can hear my true love moaning. Again, I just, the darkness and the brown kind of like closing in on oneself. And here we are, we're recording in a heat wave for both of us, relative, of course, yes. Vermont to Texas. But when you have the, the fading daylight and you expect a little bit of coolness to come in, and then maybe you might get that evening wind rushing through and it, is always a little bit spooky, actually, when it just seems to come up out of nowhere. And who hasn't heard a voice in the wind, especially when they're longing for and missing a particular person? Is there right if I go on to the next parts of the lyrics, which yeah, are very no, much tied here? Yeah, please. 
crying for her baby child, crying for her husband, crying for that river's wild to take her from her loved ones. And I'm really struck and I've, I've listened carefully to all the different versions. Is he saying he wants the river or she wants the river to take her? Or is she crying because the river is taking her? And it's crying for that river's wild to take her from her loved ones. I think it's very much open to interpretation. And again, it, that imagery of crossing the river into the afterlife and then not being able to return, longing for the ones we left behind. And at the vocal performance there, John's version specifically, is so perfect that it is wild and natural and feral and then ends in a whisper that to take her from her loved ones, there's a finality of it that the only thing left now is to deal with the loss that has been dealt to them. So one of the things I did is when I was listening to the song and I had the lyrics in front of me and I'm with her says, and crying for her baby child and crying for her husband. John says, or crying for her husband. Don't know if that makes a lot of difference. Mm -hmm. I do think it is a little bit of difference that he is saying the sound of that trees, the mm -hmm. ghost that he is hearing, they're crying for her baby child, or maybe she's crying for her husband that she's left her husband alone to raise a little daughter. And yeah. Is it crying that she misses them or crying in sympathy for them? Yeah. Or both. And then I love that, like I said, that I'm with her crying for a baby child and crying for her husband. Like I said, I just thought it was interesting that they chose to change the lyrics just a mm -hmm. little bit. Slight mm -hmm. thing, but it was, it, I think it was nice. And crying for that river, river's wild to take her from her loved ones. So you're right. Is this the river take me away mm -hmm. from my pain or is this that is she's crying be that this has happened mm -hmm. does she regret the decision she's made mm. or is it just a matter of are you sorry for your actions or are you sorry you got caught right when you're a teen <laughs> this thing i love this idea of their as he's singing this he's picturing her in his mind that, and I absolutely think this works both ways. If the person has moved on in this mortal plane and has moved on just because they've ended their relationship, they he could be she's missing and abandoning a child is always difficult. I have been, luckily, both my parents, even though the divorce stayed in my life, but I know that is not the case with a lot of people. And, and I had told my brother, because after his divorce, I'm like, you have a daughter and the time you're not spending with her, one day you're going to regret mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, I just. Lucky is, to have you as a brother then. Yeah, and thank you. Good uncle. <laughs> yeah. So I love that baby's crying and the daylight's gone. The big oak tree is groaning. This is 
this is a just another great example of the poetry that John can do when he's hitting on all cylinders. Yes. And it reminds me of listening to old voices. I know he talks about voices in the trees, and I, I don't know if he specifically mentions an oak in that. And of course, I'm embarrassed. I was preparing for this podcast thinking, oh my God, I used to know so much. And <laughs> <laughs> the brain isn't as flexible as it was in 2000. Yeah. Well, you you also are now more of an adult and have other stuff that you've got to remember and work on. <laughs> Nothing as important though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And I, maybe this also gives us the opportunity for people who are listening to the podcast to make a comment or leave a review that says, oh, you forgot about this connection or that. Yeah. So definitely mm-hmm. let us know in the feedback. Yeah. What else? That we once again have the chorus. And I think it's worth mentioning that a lot of the ver- live versions, he ends with saying she's crossing muddy waters and doesn't even have a single note of instrumentation afterward. It just leaves with that kind of, oh, a suddenness. But I don't believe the album version has that kind of tension of resolution on um, of course, not all the covers do. I don't know. It's a song that I could just listen to in a loop. And I have today, probably listened to it for hours, literally, all these dozens of versions. And there is something about when it ends, it feels like you you need something more. You need the answer about what she's crossed to, or you're still looking for her somehow. It was actually a relief to have it go into something else right away. What do you think? Yeah, in fact, I do the live version sometimes when he does that, right? And she's crossing muddy waters, not a instrumental play out, not a just that's the end. And yeah, and sometimes he doesn't even sing it. He like speaks it. She's crossing the waters. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. A really powerful way to end. The other thing is, this is a song about there is no resolution. There is mm-hmm. no closed loop. There is no closure. I want closure. There is no closure. And let's go back to this sub- subject that is we are being very careful about. Often that is part of the pain of when someone takes their own life, there is no closure. Mm -hmm. To the people left behind, there is not a closure. Even if they leave a note, there is that things left unsaid. Yeah. Um, And so that works for this song for that very reason, because you Mm -hmm. want that feeling of that emotion, Mm -hmm. things left unsaid and things not wrapped up in a in a closing right this is a novel that just stops and you go wait what happens next and we aren't going to get that yeah and to put it another way my mom was a fan of saying that suicide doesn't end pain it just passes it on to somebody else and this song very much reflects that kind of thing very well said and this song was written about 15 years after Isabella passed away. And then Adios to California was another 15 years after that. And I remember at the time I turned to my then husband and said, he, he's never going to be finished 
processing this? And he said, of course he's not. And it's yeah, duh, Sylvan. Yeah. And I have said many times that John saved my life. And I think one could say that it's indulgent to continue returning to a topic like this. I find nothing indulgent in it. I find it generous that he is welcoming people into his pain as a tool and a lesson. And, and for that matter, an inspiration that despite the fact that one carries that pain continually on, you can still find joy and happiness as we find in so many other songs. Not every John Hyatt song is about this. And even in an album that you could talk about it being an acoustic melancholy, sad, got so many great songs that God's golden eyes. I can't wait to talk about that one. Yeah, And there's so much beauty, even in these lyrics, he's not just like saying pain. He's talking about the breaking the bread and drinking the wine. And despite the fact that he doesn't want to remember the sweetness, it's still there to be had. And I've been blessed over the past couple of weeks uh, to have some writers on Set Lusting Bruce. And uh, one of them specifically had written a book about her son's suicide. And, uh, and she's written some books on grieving. And it has to become more than their death. Mm-hmm. Is there, You can't just focus on their death. You have to focus on their life. And I do think that much like Springsteen can talk a lot about his depression and uh, you guys go check out hello sunshine, which is off his Western stars album where he talks about you, you can fall in love with lonely and you can end up that way. You have to move forward. And I think that I know he sees, and I won't even be specific to John. I will say this narrator sees his daughter and finds joy that she is there with him and he Mm -hmm. has seen her grown up. But I think he will always have a little bit of sadness that his wonderful, sweet brown girl of mine won't be there to see their beautiful daughter grow up. Mm -hmm. And wow, that daughter grew up to be pretty freaking amazing. Yes, and, yes. and if anyone doesn't believe me, go ahead. And it's a nice little back to back. If you really want to ball your eyes out, listen to Crossing Muddy Waters and then listen to the song Imposter by Lily Hyatt and bring the Kleenex. Maybe yeah. they'll sponsor us. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to, and this is where I wish we had a musician like we did last week. The musical bridges are so well done in these songs, whether it's Mm -hmm. John, whether it's I'm with her, whether it's the many covers there, there are bands. There is, there was a wonderful female lead singer and and a male violinist that was doing Mm -hmm. a duet that was amazing. And I just, I think that the music in this helps sell the story. Yes. In a way that and I 
obviously listeners, you could say, duh, Jesse, that's what the <laughs> song is. But I think even more on this, it really is something pretty special about them selling it. Yeah. And I'm feeling bad now for not actually reading out all the artists that I gathered. And again, I don't think this is at all all encompassing, but I'll just, if you don't mind, Jesse, read through the names that I got. So we've been mentioning I'm with her, which is Sarah Watkins, Sarah Yarhos. I'm sorry. Iofi yeah. O'Donovan, then the Hayde Bluegrass Orchestra. We've got a couple of John Hyatt. We've got the Counting Crows, Jake Thistle, David Porch, Jared Albright. He's the one who plays the fiddle with a female guitarist accompanist. And uh, two female singers, piano and guitar, called Rumor Mill, Kenneth Norum, Lucas Chasen, and is Alex he the Kramer. one that wrote songs I wish I'd written? Yes, yes. I which I loved. <laughs> yes, Claire Lynch and Steve Bennett and Zach Cascarano. And again, if you have done a cover of this song and I didn't mention your name, please let us know and yeah. we'll definitely. <laughs> Give it a listen. Yeah. And well done. Look, there wasn't a bad one in that bunch. There there was not one. We are always very kind to people because I am not a musician. And so therefore, I'm not going to throw shade on someone who is brave enough to put out a song to the world and let it to share that joy of music. But on this one, I was like, oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Oh, that's really good. Oh, this is really good too. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah I, yeah, I think in each of them, a little bit of spet, a little bit of twist of their own, but yeah, just really well done. All right. Is it time to write? Yes. So you want to go first? Is it, I forgot whose turn it was first. I forget I forgot too. To okay. <laughs> but well, I don't mind going first. Okay. This time. No, <laughs> it's a two, Jesse. Yeah, bring out the pitchforks. I wavered quite a bit because I love this song. And as I said, I have turned to it in times of solace. I think it says something important. I think it is open to interpretation. My Sylvan criteria of someone who's never heard of John Hyatt, would you put this on as a first song? Yeah, absolutely. But it's not quite a five. I'm not even sure why I can say it's not a five. Maybe because that stamp of the mandolin, I'm always feeling like there's a right way to play it and perform it. I loved all the different covers with the banjo or just piano or just guitar, but it felt somehow like there was something missing. And I think the absolute best John Hyatt songs, you never feel there is anything missing. And yeah, I think that's all I can say. It's a very solid four. It could have been a five. I'm not sure why it's not, but four stars. If you were a half person, would it be four and a half? I'm not going to dignify that question with a response. Well, I'm a five. I'm a solid five. I cannot think of any reason why to, I, I think this is truly one it is incredibly special. Um, it is special. Yes. Yeah. So I am going to be the the softy and the bunch and give it a five. But I respect your four. Yeah. It's you're hard the, because you're the tough grader in the group, right? If the class would come, they would go, All right, let's hopefully Jesse will grade our things, <laughs> not Sylvan. <laughs> Perhaps. And I 
it's just, we are judging on a John Hyatt scale. That is so hard. And I do want the fives to be the absolute best of the best. This is best of the best, maybe not absolutely best of the best, but on a different day, I might change my mind. I don't know. And, you know, that is true, right? It yes. could be. Um, all right, great. That sounds perfect. If someone wants to reach you, how can they? Great place is the John Hyatt Facebook page. I'm Sylvan Groth and I'm constantly lurking on that. We also have a perfectly good podcast Facebook page that you can, I'm Sylvan Green Eyes on Twitter and I am Sylvan Groth on various places. It's pretty easy to find me actually. Yes. And I am at Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter. I was going to look. I tweeted this earlier today. Yes, on Good Pods, Perfectly Good Podcast was number six in the top 100 indie music history chart. Number oh seven God. in the top 100 music history music history chart. And number 14 in the top 100 indie music commentary chart. So much like the Grammys, they have lots of categories. But yes, that was on Good Pods. So if you are looking for a way to listen to your podcast, Good Pod is a brand new app and they are giving us a little bit of love. So thank you for that. Yeah. How exciting. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, that's good. We got another one in the book. We do. Uh, So thank you as always, Sylvan. I love you. Even if you don't give them fives. (laughs) Thank you. That would be a very sad condition for anyone's love. Absolutely. (laughs) And I love you despite your cheating. And I respect that you didn't even want to cheat this time. Exactly. All right. Listeners, let us know that I'm too generous. Let it know if Sylvan was too tough. And we will be back next week with another song. Until then. A little faith. Have a little faith. Be kind. Be safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Baby, we can come on home Put the cow horns back on the Cadillac And change the message on the coat of mine It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.